Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hey, everybody. What episode are we on? Wow, we are on episode 23 of the Pacific Northwest Showdown. It it's it's pretty cool we're almost to like that quarter life crisis stage yeah but after the week we just had we there might be some crisis just to have it has been an exhausting and mind-blowing week in seattle sports for sure and yeah seahawks we're looking at you on this one we are we're calling you out yes so we will dive into all of the news in the she talks hawks segment about the seahawks so stay tuned for all of that. I have a lot I want to say and get off my chest. Oh, so much. And, um, you know, but before we get to the showdown lowdown this week, I do want to give a very, very special thank you to all of the community here in Seattle and, you know, across the nation that has shown support for the Little League team that I coach. Yes. You all showed up and helped donate equipment as we're getting started at the coach pitch level. And mm-hmm. we didn't really mm-hmm. have much equipment to go and use at practices no. to really help these girls get engaged yep. and gain a love for the sport. So I just wanted to say thank you so much. You guys cleared our Amazon equipment wish list. It was a, it, and so quickly, too. It was it was within like, I don't know, less than 12 hours. hours. It was yeah. like eight hours or something like that. It was it was impressive. It was very generous, and we are We have received a lot of it already. There's a few things that we're waiting on, and we filled our our recycling yeah. dumpster up with a whole lot of cardboard <laughs> that everything was shipped in, but we're so grateful. Yes. And we got all the equipment loaded up in the duffel bags, ready to go for Tuesday and Thursday this week for practice. The girls are going to be so excited. They are going to be excited. They I'm also excited. probably will be like, what do we do with this? Exactly. What is that? Exactly. But that's fun. Just wanted to do a special thank you at the very beginning of the podcast for that. Again, I'm completely humbled by the generosity. Yes. This is an excellent community, and I'm so grateful. And we cannot wait to share with you just the stories I'm sure that are going to come up with the girls. They're five to seven years old. It's already been pretty fun just at practices in general. Like our first practice last Tuesday, two girls that were playing catch with each other both in turn hit each other in the face with the ball and it was like if you can't start off your first practice with some mild injuries and like you you know like yeah what whatever but it was it was pretty fun so and they're they're a fun group of girls they are a fun it's group a of fun, girls it's I'm, a fun little group it's amazing how quick you learn their names too so we have nine girls on the roster which yep. fields which is perfect for a yes, team as long as they're all there <laughs> um so it'll be interesting throughout the season but already yes. getting to know the names already getting to learn the personalities oh yeah the personalities are fun they they come through really quick so yeah you're not used to the littles so you i know. am not used to littles yeah, i littles work with fun. high school kids mm-hmm. and you know yeah so it's been interesting i don't interact with the little kids all that much yeah i have a little sister yeah and she's four and you have your niece who's four yeah but, you know, but other than that, yeah, not groups of littles. No, not nine of them at a time. No. But on that note, let's get us over to the Showdown Lowdown segment. And that is coming up next. It is time for the Showdown Lowdown. Showdown Lowdown. We should, like, record you doing the Showdown Lowdown intro and just use it every week so they know exactly what's to come. Oh, so it's more predictable. No, let's not do that. Okay. All We're right. Keeping them on their toes. So the Showdown Lowdown is where we cover all of the Pacific Northwest sports news and updates with a quick re- review of the games that have happened throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Any news, important news and updates. Yeah. So Kate is going to kick us off with the Seattle Seawolves. Let's get over to it. The Seattle Seawolves. Yes. They traveled to Houston to face the Sabercats on the 12th, which was uh, yesterday. And... um. Ross Neal and Martin Yosofo both had successful tries, which still to me is a funny thing to try to say that somebody had a successful try, but right. that's hashtag learning sports. Um, Alatimu was one for three with his kicks. It looked as if maybe something was wrong. Like maybe he was playing through like a small injury or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And JP Smith scored a try and then kicked his own conversion yep. at 78 minutes to bring the score up. Uh, 19 to 21, but it wasn't enough to bring home the win. So overall, though, in this match, there were a lot less penalties and our scrums looked much better. Uh, We did have some difficulty with uh, passing 
and that kind of caused more turnovers than maybe we would have preferred. But um, the Seawolves kind of barely hold that third place in the Western Conference with a 3-3 record at this point and 16 points. And now Houston is just one uncomfortable point behind us in the standings. They're also at Mm 3-3, but they've only got 15 points. So we want to make sure we uh, can get that next win. Because, you know, it's good in general. It's but felt so close in the last few games. They keep, like where it's just like they just keep fall get back short. to the end. Yeah. Just fall short. Mm-hmm. So hopefully mm-hmm. the Seawolves can, you know, yes. kind of crack themselves and come and, come out in the next match and yeah, and they obviously show up. they obviously did make some improvements in, in some of the play based on kind of the issues they were having when they played against uh Nola Gold. So hopefully just that continued kind of working and practice. We'll, uh, we'll help them out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Going on to the OL Reign. So the OL Reign had their first preseason tournament match against the Portland Thorns FC on Sunday, March 6th. And that match ended in a draw at 0-0. Zero zero. All right. And their second preseason tournament match was against the Chicago Red Stars on Tuesday, March 8th. Okay. Coming out with a win. Yes. With a score of 2-1. to one. Yes. Goals were scored in the 34th and the 36th minute by Stanton and King. Mm-hmm. So, interesting fact, all three of those goals total that totaled the score of 2-1 to one happened within a three-minute span oh, of geez. the whole game. So, geez. it's kind of interesting. You like you get this jam-packed like Yeah, energy moment. and adrenaline. Yeah. yeah, and then the rest of the game, I'm kind of you know curious how that <laughs> felt for people experiencing yeah. or watching. So, and then in the OL Reigns final preseason match against the U.S. WNT, so that's the U.S. Women's National Team, U23, so under 23. Uh, the match ended in a score of 1-1, to which is a draw. Okay. And Jess Fishlock scored the lone goal with an assist from Latsko. Nice. So the OL Reigns home opener for the 2022 season is this upcoming Friday, March 18th at Lumen Field at 7 p.m. Yes. And we're going to be there. We're going to be there. So we really hope to see you all there. If you're going, let us know. Totally. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We need to go out and support our women's sports. Yes. We have to show up for them. That is a solid. Um, Absolutely. It is a solid. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll pull out the absolutely for that one for sure. Yeah. So um, also Seattle sports teams, uh, because that's what we're doing here on this podcast, not something else. Um, we're talking about the Kraken up next. The Kraken have struggled on the road a little bit. They lost four of their five matches, either by one point or two points. And when it was by two points, that last point, that kind of, you know, that that last other point, they were empty netters. So, like, if you ask me, they don't, they don't really, really count, count as points. But I guess yeah. technically they count as points. But I don't think so. So, for me, it was close every single time. But their most recent match on the 12th, with the Ontario Canadians. I don't know why those two words were hard just there, but that's fine. Um, the turn actually turned out to be a win in overtime of four to three. Yeah. It was pretty epic. So glad they were able to pull out a win on the road. So nice. And Philip Grubauer had this amazing save that involved a very painful looking catch while in the splits. Yeah. Now, it I, was pretty fun to watch. If it, you, yeah, you need to like go to YouTube and like, go, like, yeah, search or even, it. yeah, just go to the Kraken site and you can just click on the game highlights there and and see some of those things too, which is pretty good. So the Kraken are now uh, 18, 37, and six. They've got 21 more games to go this season, if I counted that correctly. And um, in other news, forward Jared McCann signed a five year extension with the Kraken because he, quote, said, I believe in this city and I believe in this organization. And he's the first player to re-sign with the Kraken. And with his career high of 22 goals so far this season, he's one that we're glad is staying around. So the Kraken have a lighter week coming up back at home with the Tampa Bay Lightning on March 16th and the Detroit Red Wings on March 19th. All right. Guess what? Um, I would love for you to tell me. Baseball is back. What? Baseball is back. The MLB Woo-hoo. lockout is over, and opening day for Major League Baseball is set to be April 7th, with the Mariners scheduled to play at the Minnesota Twins. Okay. They haven't scheduled what time that's going to start, but super excited that's to awesome. watch that first 
home or the opening game yeah. for the MLB because we didn't know. Yeah. When the games would be, if yeah. they would have games. What's, yeah. Um, so as of today, March 13th, players are required to report to spring training. Nice. Spring training games will begin March 17th and 18th. Okay. And, uh, you know, Mariners fans are still awaiting free agency news in hopes that the Mariners will sign free agent Chris Bryant or Trevor Story. Oh, nice. Now, there's a lot of rumors about, you know, okay, like Chris Bryant seems to be the person that lots of the fans are pushing. Okay. Trevor Story, it was rumored that the Mariners gave a really strong offer of like five years, uh, $100 million, oh, and wow. that that was turned down. Partially, and again, that was rumors. I'm unsure if that's true or not. Okay. But part of the reasoning, if it is true that he would have turned that down, is that he wants to play shortstop. That's his, his oh. spot. And okay. that they're trying to get him for either like third or second. Oh, sure. Because we have JP Crawford over at short and they don't want to move him. Makes sense. So, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. Yeah, we're still waiting on any free agency news over here in Seattle, and hopefully those will come up pretty soon because they don't have much time to kind of lock yeah. in some of those some of those moves. Yeah. So we are excited for the season. We have high hopes for Seattle. They had yes. a ninety win season last year. Yes. They're on the up and up, and uh, so be sure to attend as many games as you can. They have plenty for yeah. you to show up to. Yeah. And some really fun giveaways certain nights. So yeah, those yeah. promo nights. They promo released nights. the promo night calendar yesterday. I think, we'll be sure that as those promo nights come up, that we'll share that on the podcast so you know when they're going to be coming up each week. If sure. you know when those will be. So sure. Let's I already I already told Kate, hey, we're going to go this these. state, this state, and yeah. this state. So check the calendar, see if we can make those things work. Yeah. So um, let's move over just next door to uh, Lumen for the Sounders. Mm -hmm. So the Sounders actually lost their match on Saturday, March 5th against Real Salt Lake with a score of one to zero. Uh, the defense seemed to sort of struggle in the first half of the match, seemingly getting beat and having luck with missed opportunities from Real Salt Lake throughout the match. There was an extension extensive uh, mid-match delay due to lightning that did give the yeah. players kind of that extended break for halftime. So um, they lost the first two games of the season with low-scoring games, both of them ending, uh, you know, one to zero kind of scores. But um, but the first leg of the quarterfinals for the CONACAF Champions League, that, uh, that happened over at Lumen Field on the 8th, and the Sounders actually shut out Club Leon three to zero. Nice. Uh, Freddie Montero had two goals and Jordan Morris had one. Um, the Sounders are going to head to Mexico for the second leg um, for the 17th and have an aggregate score of eight to zero for the series so far, which is pretty great. Um, in terms of regular season games, they did come out victorious over the LA Galaxy yesterday on the 12th with a three two win. Uh, Jordan Morris, Freddie Montero, and Xavier Arriaga all contributed goals for the win. Uh, Freddie Montero is now the all-time leading scorer for the Sounders. And additionally, the Sounders are now the fastest team to reach 200 wins in MLS history. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? I love that. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good news. It is. All right. So the Seattle Seahawks. I'm yeah. sure so many of you are waiting to hear all of my thoughts and all of my opinions on all of the news that happened this week. I know I am. So guess what? <laughs> I'm going to unpack that in the She Talks Hawks segment that's coming up next. So stay tuned. We are here at the She Talks Hawks segment. Oh, yeah. Ready to break down everything that happened with the Seattle Seahawks this week. I mean, there was kind of a lot, but let's just start with the biggest part, which is Russell Wilson being traded to the Broncos. Like, I will now step out of the way so you can get on the sofa. First of all, I need to say that I'm slightly embarrassed because okay. last week I told, you know, I put it on, on Twitter. I was like, yeah. do not listen to the Seahawks part of the, uh, of the yeah. showdown lowdown because I was like, the rumors are squashed. They all said that they weren't going to, they had but no they intention did. of trading they, they, Wilson. They, they did squash all that stuff. Like you that's know, what they made us think. It, it, it was a little shocking to be honest. Yeah. I'm sitting here. So how I found out, by the way, everybody, I'm sitting in my classroom. It's 1041 a.m. on Tuesday morning, March 8th. Like she I have this very clear in time. my head. And it I know it's it's first lunch at my school that I work at. 
and I get a text to a text stream with my dad, my sister, and my brother. And typically that text stream is all Seahawks or sports related. And I get a text from my sister. And it's these two screenshot images of Adam Schefter and another report saying Russell Wilson breaking news traded to the Denver Broncos. Sure. And I'm like looking to make sure it's not like a fake account. Like I'm like, wait, what? And so I'm sitting here and here's kids in my classroom meeting their, you know, having their lunch and hanging out. And I'm just sitting here like trying to keep myself composed. And I'm like, that's not a fake account. Like that's legit. This is legit news. And I'm, yeah, I have no service in this space, by the way, in my room is kind of in the basement level of the school building. And so I have no service and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can't even load. Like I can't even like pull up Twitter right now to see what's going on. Yeah. So like in between lunches, I'm like making my way upstairs to see if I can get service to see what's actually happening. Yeah. And I felt, I just felt so sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, when that news came out. So, of course, like the re- remainder of the day, I'm sitting there and I keep trying to refresh my feed and I, yeah. whether I have service or don't in that building, I get home and it's just like, I'm just sucked into the news. Yeah. And so, for those of you, I'm sure at this point, those of you who listen to this podcast, majority of you probably know what that draft compensation was. So, Russell Wilson plus a fourth round pick mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a trade to Denver for quarterback drew lock okay tight end noah fant sure defensive lineman shelby harris Mm -hmm. two first round picks two second round picks and a fifth round pick okay so it's a it's a pretty quote like quote large package to clarify though all those picks aren't for this year correct yeah they're kind of spread out a little yeah so like for instance the two first round picks one of them's for this year and i believe the other one is for next year year. yeah probably the same with the second round picks i haven't actually looked but I'm like fairly certain that's the case. Cause at first it sounds like it's all going to be like now. And then you're like, well, that's a lot for right now, but, but it's, it's not, not, it's not, it's spread out, which is probably, it's probably for the best anyways, yeah. because of talent that comes through yeah, each year for sure. And being able to, you know, figure out how you want to make moves for your future. Yeah. The issue being is that in my opinion, Drew Locke is not the answer for a franchise quarterback. He's been with Denver for the last three years People were really high on him the last five games of his rookie year when he had to come in. And I believe it was Joe Flacco that was injured that he had to come oh, in sure, for. Sure. And he goes with a record of four and one. Well, then the next season he comes in and it, his record was just like awful. I It was not great. It was not great. So um, he's not the... He's not the quarterback that the Seahawks can rely on, in sure. my opinion. Sure. He had 25 touchdowns over the 24 games that he played in, and he had 20 interceptions. Yeah. So for me, that's concerning. Even in his highlight reels, when going back and watching some of those, some of the throws that were caught by his receivers were throws that could have also, in my opinion, been picked off. Sure. So it's... We'll see. Some people are saying that the Seahawks were actually really high on him when he was drafted. Oh. And of course they had Russell Wilson at quarterback yeah. and they just extended him when, when Drew Locke was, um, you know, his year to be drafted. Sure. And somebody said also that, well, Drew Locke, you know, he had a defensive minded coach and he had new offensive coordinators coming in and out and a rotation. I'm like, well, he's only been there for three years. So like, yeah, he didn't really get settled and established with one, yeah. but he also didn't show that he could be a starting quarterback in the league, in my opinion. Sure. And Teddy Bridgewater came in last season and won the job. Yeah. So just wanted to make note on that in terms of they have some work to do. So that leads me to who's Seattle's next starting quarterback. There yeah. are, are have been a lot of different rumors, a lot of different options floated floating around. Yeah. And rightfully so, because now we don't have a franchise starting quarterback. Exactly. Um, so you look, you know, we've heard about Deshaun Watson and on Friday, March 11th. So just this last Friday, a grand jury declined to indict, um, Deshaun Watson, who's currently with the Houston Texans Yeah. after a criminal investigation into 22 lawsuits filed by women who accused Watson of harassment and sexual assault. Yeah. And so I do want to make note that you know, there's quite a bit of mixed response here with Deshaun Watson and whether or not the Seahawks should go after him. And I want to personally say, and this is my opinion, 
Yeah. That there's no doubt that Watson's a great and a very talented quarterback. Yeah. And would immediately solve the need for a quote franchise starting quarterback that could excel based sure. off of their talent. Sure. However, just because the grand jury declined to indict Watson on Friday for the allegations made against him based on a lack of incriminating evidence. Yeah, they're not going to take does case, not yeah. mean that it's Watson not is innocent mm -hmm. of those allegations that were made. Yeah. So he still faces civil lawsuits. Yeah. He's still being investigated by the NFL under its personal conduct policy. There could still be um, suspensions handed down. So there's still some question marks about all of that that would impact the locker room, that would yes. impact the fan base and, and the loyalty that fans have to the franchise about what decisions they're making. How do you go from somebody like Russell Wilson in this community yes, exactly. to Deshaun Watson with 22 yeah. allegations of sexual harassment mm -hmm. and sexual assault? It's kind of polar opposites. And to top that out, let's let's take all of that off the table. Right? Let's take all of that off the table. Allegations aside, Watson would still be a large cap hit for the Seahawks to bring on the roster. True. And if, now here's a lot of question marks because all of us, or a lot of us, were pretty shocked at the move that was made this week yes. to trade Wilson. Yeah. Is it Was it a personal issue that was a personal relationship that's been existing and it's been bubbling over mm -hmm. where people have been speculating over the last few seasons that there is an issue in the relationship between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and the decisions that are made and sure. not coming, bringing in protection? And, you know, what was the cause of trading Wilson? Was it Wilson's decision? He had to waive the trade clause, the, the no trade clause. So he did ultimately decide to make that choice yeah. to move on from the Seahawks to mm -hmm. go to Denver. Yeah. So if part of the reasoning for the Seahawks to move on from Wilson was that he was doing a new contract in the 2023 season mm -hmm. and that Wilson was wanting to get paid upwards to $50 million per year. Again, that was what was rumored that maybe he would want. Yeah. Then trading for Watson doesn't really put them in a much better place. Long-term cap wise. Yeah. This season, 2022 He's set to get over $40 million. I, th yeah. I think next year it's 42 and then it goes down towards like 37 or $35 million for the few years after he goes through 2025 is when his contract is sure. up. But that's still a huge chunk of cap yeah. space. So when you talk about character, when you talk about cap space and paying, it, to me it doesn't make sense because yes. you're getting all this draft compensation, but for what the Houston Texans want for Watson, you're going to just be You're basically giving, giving all that back. Yeah. So then why don't you just make a direct swap? Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, you know, I don't know that they're actually going to go that route. I don't know if it was leaked that let's like, let's gauge the fan base to see how they would respond. I don't know if they're in or out. I've heard that the saints are potentially interested as suitors. Oh. Um, the Steelers are potentially interested, but the Panthers, it sounds like as of today, they've highlighted a little bit more the Panthers and the Saints as potential okay. interested suitors for Deshaun Watson. Wow. Now, Watson also has a no-trade clause, so he has a lot of leverage in his decision of where he would want to go. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. I don't think yes. I'd heard that before. Yeah, so he has a lot of say. And teams can interview him and ask him the questions and kind of see if he would be a good fit. And so it sounds like conversations might be had really soon. Wow. Um, as this new league year opens on March 16th for free agency. Yeah. So some of those things you'll, you know, you want to make those trades sooner than later. You want to know who your starting quarterback would be. Yeah. And if Watson's available again, he has a talent, but there's a lot of baggage there. Yeah. That could really come along with them. Well, and there's some other quarterback options out there right now that are possibilities, right? Yeah. So some other options that I would want to make note of. So Another controversial player, but yeah. that I would honestly love to see them bring in for a workout is Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. On March 10th, just two days after the news broke that Russell Wilson was being traded to the Broncos, Kaepernick tweeted a video of himself working out on a football field with a quote, quote, still working. Mm -hmm. And it has been six years since Colin Kaepernick has played on an NFL team. Yeah. And that was with the 49ers. And you know that he was blackballed from the NFL for kneeling during the national anthem yeah. to protest 
police brutality and social injustices. Yeah. So it's interesting, though, because just two years ago, Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll said that if Wilson ever got tangled up or couldn't play anymore, that Kaepernick would be a great candidate to take over. Interesting. And, you know, now, again, that I said it's been six years in the league, does Carroll, that he's, since he's played, does Carroll still feel the same way? Yeah. Some of you may or may not have seen that even today, Kaepernick posted another tweet just saying how hard he's been working over the last five, six years, staying engaged, training, working out, and that he really wants to engage with NFL receivers who are professional route runners to get practice in with. and. Guess who responded? Ooh, Tyler Lockett. Ooh. He's like, dude, I would love, me and my brother would love to meet up with you. And Kaepernick responded back like, yeah, I'm going to be out here on this day. I'll DM you and see if we can't collab or meet up. That's awesome. So it's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So just a little bit of that news that came out today. Okay. Somebody that I personally think the Seahawks should should also take a look at is quarterback Gardner Minshew. Ooh, mustache now, mania. not trying to be biased because I am a WSU Coug. That's true. But this is all biases aside, okay? I think the Seahawks should strongly consider trading for backup Eagles quarterback Gardner Minshew. His win-loss record of 8-14 and 14 does not reflect his abilities to potentially be a highly effective starting quarterback sure. in this league. Yeah. During his first two seasons, he played for the Jags. Yep. We have all watched what a dumpster fire that organization has been over the last few oh years. Gosh, it's really? been a mess. Yeah. And Minshew on a personal level, his own game actually was really good, good. to start in the NFL. Yeah. And so he found personal success in the field. I think that if he's paired with the right coaching staff, yeah, with the right player personnel, mm-hmm. that he could truly thrive. Yeah. I watched him when he played at WSU. Yeah. Of course, he had Mike Leach as the, you know, his head coach who air was raid offense. air raid offense. Yep. Oh, God. Look at Kate. I just think it's like I air really, raid offense. I really just want to make sure I could get that in there I, before I, you I said assume. it just so you could make sure. But I, let me just put this out there. Okay. So minutes. Gardner Minshew's, he, he's been in the league for three years now. Okay. He, I think he only played in like a game last year for the Eagles. Yeah. It must have been when Jalen Hurts had to have been out for some reason. Sure. But with between the three seasons, he's had 41 touchdowns and only 12 interceptions. And for being it's a much to, better, it's like, a much better ratio, ratio right? Mm-hmm. And he has a long touchdown of 70, you know, yards. Yeah. He's been, he's been sacked 65 times. He hasn't had a line to protect him. Yeah. He got sacked 33 times his first year with Jacksonville, 27 times in his second year. And then in the game that he played for Philly, it was five times, right? And granted, he is he likes to make some magic happen on the field, so he's also more mobile if he needs to be. Mm-hmm. He likes to make plays happen. Yeah. But there wasn't a he, he he would need a line too. Yeah. And he's only 26, so he's pretty young still. He's only 26. His cap hit for 2022. Not forty million like Sean Watson, two point five million. It leaves so much more money and space. Get yourself an O line to go out. Get yourself an offensive line. Get the other positions of need. Boost your defensive line. Get your pass rushers. Just get established. And I think yeah. that if you can invest heavily at those other positions of need, that the Seahawks will be okay. But it's yeah. not going to be with Drew Lock under center. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be with Drew Lock under center. Mm-hmm. So the other option that you could look at, of course, is drafting a quarterback in the 2022 draft. Coming yeah, up. that's true. That's true. And the Seahawks did receive the ninth overall pick in the 2022 draft from the Denver Broncos in their trade with dealing Wilson. Yeah. So will they use the ninth overall pick to draft a quarterback or will they go out, you know, mm-hmm. for another position of need with the best available player, which the Seahawks are known to try to do is to get the best available player at the, at a position of need. And, you know, maybe they'll try to find it, you know, see if a quarterback that they love falls, they got Russell Wilson in the 2012 draft in the third round at the 75th overall pick. Sure. So it'll be interesting to see how they navigate this draft. John Schneider is known to really like to trade down and accumulate draft picks. And, it, depending on how they want to go, maybe they're really trying to get younger. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, Pete Carroll doesn't have many years left in his coaching tenure to my, in my opinion. Yeah. And so a rebuild's interesting, but Pete Carroll's also coached a lot of college ball. He was used to having players cycle through every four years. He's really good at that initial, you're young, I can coach you up, I can help you build. He's really good at that really quick turnaround. So it'd be interesting to see what they do here. Um, One person that is rumored that the Seahawks might like, which a lot of other quarterback needy teams are also rumored to love. Oh, sure. Is Liberty University's quarterback Malik Willis. And he he really is starting to ascend after his combine, you know, showing uh-huh. um, just who he is as a person, how he how he played. So it will be interesting to see if the Seahawks do like them, if they try to move up from the number nine spot, if they're worried that somebody like the Detroit Lions might try to snag him or oh, the true. Pittsburgh Steelers, if they don't have an, an option. Would the Seahawks try to move up to to snag a player like Malik Willis, is that even the quarterback that they're actually truly interested in? Because Hmm. it's kind of surprising sometimes that the Seahawks, you think that their hand is showing one thing and it's not what you think at all. Bluffing away. So we will see in due time, even over throughout this upcoming week, what they decide to do, whether they trade for a quarterback, you know, if they don't, then you can almost guarantee, you know, maybe they trade for a quarterback and they select a quarterback in the sure. draft. You never know. They, they're going to go for competition. Sure. Yep. Well, okay. So team changes are coming for quarterback one way or the other for sure. So I'm still like, it, it, oh, yeah, the, the decision to trade. Sure. Russell Wilson. Yeah. I think I just need to know why. Like, I think I just need to know what was the reasoning so I can move beyond it because I don't understand why you would move on from your franchise quarterback that's given so much to your community that, yes, maybe he wants to get paid a whole lot more and he's going to be a massive part of the cap hit. Do they think he's declining? Is it a personal issue between decisions of how they want to move forward with the franchise? Sure. Ownership issues? I just want to know why. Yeah. And I think that could really help me, like, move beyond this and i'm i'm slowly starting to because you have no choice but to yeah um but yeah that that one hit me hard i think for me this week uh the things i've learned is that sports are a business and that the idea of team sports that we had as kids of like you're all in this together and you're doing like you're working together there's no i in team and whatever whatever like that's just not the case i mean maybe on the field it's the case but it's not the case for um, the teams overall. It's, you know, they're trying to make, they're trying to be profitable. They're trying to get fans. They're trying to do all the things. And I think there's a lot of factors. While, while it. it would be nice to hear why, I also wonder, you know, if there is certain things, like if it is personnel issues or, or disagreements or things like that, like they may not want to let that stuff out because then it would maybe dissuade or make it like other people maybe, you know, have a harder time trying to come here or it won't look as uh, desirable or things like that. I don't know, but um, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's already free agents out there that are like questioning what's going on in Seattle and would that be the right fit for them? I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Um, So, okay. So personal changes are happening. And on the same day that Russell Wilson was traded, we also got the news of the Seahawks releasing Bobby Wagner. By the way, so you already know how where I was, what time it was when it was announced that Russell Wilson was yep. traded. We're sitting at a brewery uh-huh. after Little League, my first Little League practice. Yep. And on this large, massive, large TV screen. Oh, yeah, it was comes huge. up. The Seahawks have released Bobby Wagner. And I'm like, son of a (laughs) sake. I'm sorry. This is one worth like just explicit content. Sorry. Yeah. But seriously, the same day. And, you know, some people are like, oh, it's kind of like poetry, you know, like Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner got drafted. You know, they they came onto the Seahawks the same day. They're released on the same day. It's been 10 years. 
And it's a little bit more, it was a lot more talked about, I would say, that Bobby Wagner, based off of his cap hit, which would have been 16, you know, or 20 million. Sure. For the 2022 season. They saved 16 million by releasing him. Okay. Um, it was it was rumored that that would be something that would happen to alleviate some cap space. It was a huge hit. Bobby Wagner's getting older, but he was still productive. He didn't have as much speed. You know, he's making his tackles a little bit later than he was earlier on his career. Well, sure, ten years in the NFL. But my God, Mm -hmm. he is like I what what I really struggle with, and I've said this and I've processed it, and you know. I was listening to Mike Salk earlier this week and he was talking about one of my tweets I had put out and it it kind of helped me process it a little bit. Is that like, yes, it's a, it's a business, but also it is kind of personal. Like, yeah, it's a business. It's personal. But the fact that everything that these players have given to the community, their skill level is still there. Their talent is still there. Their leadership more than anything is still there to release them and then to find out, and then to find out. Oh, the tweet. That Bobby Wagner, and I don't know, we still don't have full context <sighs> for this. Yeah. But that Bobby Wagner was not told that he was released from the organization. He found out, I believe, based off of his tweet, from the or- or from media. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Schefter put out breaking news. Bobby Wagner's released. I don't know if that's how he found out. I don't know if he found out by somebody else seeing that and then calling him. Right. We don't, it wasn't said. All it was said is that the, the craziest part is that I didn't even find out from the organization. Yeah. 10 years in. Yeah. Can I, I just want to like pause really quick because these things coming up, like Bobby tweeting that and then, um, the earlier on with like Tom Brady retiring and like Adam Schefter, like leaking these things or breaking these things or whatever. Like I just am kind of wondering like, okay, I don't even, I'm not even a Tom Brady fan, right? Like I'm not a fan of his. I agree that he was a great player, but like, I'm not a fan, but I feel like a guy like that should get to announce his own retirement on his yeah. own. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be some sort of breaking news story from anybody other than the person himself. Right. And so with some of this stuff, I'm just like, I'm kind of struggling with the fact that these things, these, these, you know, they get uh, leaked new events, like news events are getting leaked or broken or whatever. And it's like, why though do you not have, that conversation and i mean and in the case of like breaking the news about like bobby being released or whatever like sure somebody has to share that information bobby's probably not gonna be the one to like go out and say it but like but to have him not even be told by the organization was it planned that way was it just like not planned that way like had the had the seahawks not even had the opportunity to call him yeah and then somebody what's the story it's just so i have a lot of questions frustrating because again like you sort of said michaela like these guys and how much they've given to the team and how much it just it is an impactful like physically kind of impactful sport like you're giving your body to this game basically and you signed up for it and you did all the things and i get it but like, where's like the decency to communicate with people and be respectful in that way? It's frustrating for me that that kind of thing is missing. Well, and the issue is that, okay, so Bobby Wagner puts this out there. Again, it doesn't have complete context, sure. but it leaves a lot of question marks. Sure. So for potential free agents, yeah, they might also be like, how is this organization deciding to run itself? Yeah. Like, are they just going to cut me high and dry and like leave me out to like yeah, high and dry for whatever? Like that weighs on people's minds. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd seen somebody tweet back something like, and I think... I think it might have been like a former Seahawk or a former sure. something. Oh, but it was Zach Miller. You just being like, can you give context for this? This doesn't, doesn't sound, sound like, like Pete and John and yeah. or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, context would be great, but at the same time, like, he doesn't owe that to anybody. He, he doesn't, and he's allowed to. He's allowed to tweet what he wants. And I guess in the same way, you know, Adam Schefter is allowed to tweet what he wants. But I just feel like we should let people be able to handle their own business and then break the story, like. 
or and then you know share it but it's just like this race to get the news out and i don't know it kind of leaves a bad like leaves a bad taste in my mouth for sure um for sure so i mean that's just my it's like to me it's just like i don't know that's where it does to me get personal yeah because sharing that like just sharing somebody's news like that like let them process it you know like and granted like trust me i when i see breaking news i'm quick to retweet or quick to comment or quote tweet or whatever share but at that point it's already been i mean well, and thousands, you know, millions and you, of people are. Well, when that news about Bobby broke, we didn't know that Bobby hadn't been told like that. That's how he was finding out too. You know what I right. mean? Like, you're not, you're not looking at that thinking that the people involved in the story don't actually already know about the story. You know exactly. So anyway, but so on that note, we're going to transition on to the fact that free agency, and we've said yeah. this a few times, does open. Wednesday. This Wednesday, March 16th, now the legal tampering period, meaning that teams can begin talking, I believe, tomorrow. They just can't officially make those um, signings official till Wednesday. But yeah. we might start hearing deals come out prior to Wednesday okay. that just can't be officialized until then. Yeah. So what does our cap space even look like for this? So with Bobby's release yeah. and having traded Russell Wilson, we're still going to get a massive dead, you know, there's a cap hit for Russell Wilson, even though he's going to be to the Broncos. Yeah. It leaves us the Seahawks with just over 50 million in cap space for the trade market and free agency to spend for the season. It sounds like that's a a lot. It's the second highest in the league. So the chargers, so the, yeah, have the highest. Okay. I'm unsure exactly what their number is, but we're second with the second highest okay, so to that's spend. A good position then at least. It's a good position. Potentially. And I expect them to be very active in the market. But like are are we even an attractive are the Seahawks even an attractive destination without Wilson at quarterback? Like for players that you know aren't the quarterback position, are they going to even want to come here when they don't know what our quarterback situation is that's a great question i could see maybe defensive players being willing to step in where you know but it's it, it would be very hard for me yeah. if i'm putting myself in the shoes i'd be like what's your franchise doing there's some very questionable moves you made how do you release or trade your yeah. franchise quarterback and then the same day like what's the story about bobby wagner yeah and so i'd have questions and i'd I would ask him. Sure. And now the Seahawks, some people are, hey, this is who's offering me the most money I'm going. Yeah. So it might not be an issue for a lot of people. The culture in Seattle for years has been overall pretty, pretty decent. From what we're aware Um, of. But for this to happen so close. Yeah to the free agent market. I'm I'm really curious. I'm gonna pay attention, obviously. But that's a good I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Russell Wilson, I mean, gosh, I saw, I don't know if it was a meme or something, but someone's like, um, oh, yeah, I like Pete Carroll calling up a wide receiver or a receiver. You're going to be catching balls from Drew Locke. Like, yeah, I you saw know that one. how he did that with just like, DK Metcalf, uh-huh. but with you're going to be catching balls from Wilson. It's just like, yay. Yeah, just <laughs> yay. like hangs up the phone. Never yeah. mind. I'm good. So. We'll have to wait and see, but it's all, all right. gonna it's gonna start going down this week. And the Seahawks are also known to really kind of wait till the third wave of free agency yeah. before they snag people. And then it's just like, cool, okay. So they're kind of cheap, but they have money. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, we'll wait and see, I guess. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up the She Talks Hawks segment so we can get over to the mailbag where we do have some more Seahawks uh focused questions, but from you, the listeners. And we have some really fun questions again um, that are not Seahawks related that we'll love to answer. So stay tuned. Welcome to the mailbag segment where we take your questions and answer them. <laughs> I feel like that's what we do, right? We do. Yeah. Yeah. So our first question comes from Renee Smith. And Renee says, Would Russ stay if Pete was gone? Will Lockett go to New England? So many questions. All right, Renee. So I still have so many questions as well. Yeah. Including what was the actual dynamic between Pete and and Russ? Yeah. I have no idea if Russ would have stayed had Pete left. Yeah. Now, 
I could see him potentially wanting to if it, like if there was a younger head coach, if it was a coach that he aligned with, if it if they had the same vision for how they wanted to get there. Sure. Maybe they had different philosophies it might of evolved, what that yeah. would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Pete Carroll loves the run game. Mm-hmm. Rashad Penny was dominant at the end of the season there. Yeah. Was Russ not going to get to do what he wanted his to nice do for his bombs. legacy yeah. the way he wanted to? Mm-hmm. And so I can't say for certain. I I would say that there would be a potential that Russ would stay if Pete was gone. Um, and will Lockett go to New England? I don't think so. It would be it would be another cap hit if they were to trade or or let go of Lockett. Sure. And they don't have. They should not at this point take on any additional cap hits for players that they are not actually rostering. Yeah. Um, so my hope is that Lockett stays on the Seahawks yeah. roster. We need him and DK Metcalf as receivers. They got Noah Fant now That's as a tight thing. end. Yeah. You got to keep like, if like go and find a quarterback that can pass to your star receivers. Yeah. And at least give yourself a chance. I know. I don't really like this idea of like, okay, well, Wilson and um, Wagner are gone. Let's just blow everything up, get rid of everybody and start over. Like, no, you have some solid people. Like just. You have to find them to begin with. Build around. Like, and. You have the cap space to build around. So build around is my opinion. And we have the money right now where we could lock in potentially like DK Mm -hmm. for more time. Yep. And while we have the, while we have the choice, you know, or while if, we they the choo- option, if, if they if they decide that they want to stay, stay, like we've got some funds available now to kind of make that happen. So we'll see what happens with that. But gosh, I hope they stay. Great question, Renee. Thank you, Renee. So Brady Larson says, "Who do you think the Seahawks are going to use as their quarterback?" So I definitely addressed this in the She Talks Talk segment. Yeah, I don't know who I don't know who they will use. Um, I guess if I was to guess, just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, that Drew Locke will be rostered by the Seahawks as like a transition piece potentially or as their backup. Sure. Because Geno Smith is now going to be agent. a free agent. Yeah. So I think that they might utilize Drew Locke as a potential backup. But I do believe that they will either sign another veteran quarterback, um, whether they trade for somebody like Minshew or, you know, maybe they'll bring Cap in for a workout. But um, I do think that they're going to draft a quarterback. Yeah. I, I, that's what I think that they would do at this point. Yeah. They would go young. They, they need, it would be affordable. They need somebody. They need somebody. And a drew locks, not the answer. So that's my answer to that. Sure. Um, all right. And then uh, chaotic disaster asks if, um, is Colin Kaepernick a viable alternative to Russ at QB and should the Seahawks give him a workout and see what he's capable of doing? Yes. Period. Give him a workout. See what he's capable of doing. It doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't hurt anything at all. Yeah. And, you know, I know that it's been six years, and I've stated this earlier in the She Talks Hawks, but just give him a chance. Yeah. I like it. I think so. Um, and then Chris Gondata says, will Seahawks take Carson Strong in the second round? All right. So for Carson Strong, one of the major concerns is his injury history. Having already had two major knee surgeries and he's only 22 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not his fault, but well, um, yeah, I mean, but still the surgeries lot. were needed for knee cartilage damage. And that's concerning as a quarterback, um, in my opinion, especially at such a young age. Um, if strong doesn't sneak into the first round for a, a quarterback needy team, and if the Seahawks opt not to select a quarterback in the first round, I could see where maybe they choose to select strong okay. just to see what he can do. That being said, though, I would personally be hesitant to select strong in the first few rounds, despite him having an excellent season this last year. And that was with not being a hundred percent healthy. He came back to play just six months after his other, his surgery yeah. again wow. um, on his knee. So if he falls due to the concerns of the longevity of his knee holding up, I could see Seattle selecting him in later rounds if they still need to address it at that point. Okay. But I don't know that they would, if that's their first, you know, thought of who they would want to bring in. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's, and I have no opinion because I don't know. So I'm just going to go with whatever Michaela says. Um, at T-verse 
uh, asks, did trading Russell feel worse than beast mode retiring? So I, I'm going to say yes. And the reason I say yes is because I can cope with somebody choosing to retire. That's what I was going to say. It's like, it felt like it was his choice to go. So it was sad, but it wasn't like, it didn't feel like a stab in the back. No. I feel like the rest thing felt even, like a stab in the back because even of how when, they had like squashed all the rumors and stuff. And then yeah. they were like, never mind. Ha ha. Like, even so. when Marshawn Lynch decided to unretire and play for Oakland, that was understandable because that's his hometown. Like he, yeah. like Oakland's his hometown. Yeah. So for him to want to go back and play there and everything he did for the community, like I had nothing but respect for Lynch yeah. when he decided that that's what he wanted to do. And again, like and when he unretired again and came back to play for, did us. that make me super happy? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Do I love Marshawn Lynch so much? So much. Yes. Was I sad when he retired because I could no longer watch him? Yes. But retiring to me, I can process yeah. a lot easier yeah. than an organization and maybe a player making a very intentional decision to part ways. Sure. I agree with you on that. That's, that's what I was thinking. And I love Marshawn Lynch. Like, Love him. So um, so thank you, uh, TV Verse, for that one. Um, Rick Judd says, if you have to pick five Seattle athletes, who would you build an Ocean's Eleven type team with? So I did think about this strategically. Yeah, okay. But I chose Sue Bird, sure. Megan Rapino, Ken Griffey Jr., okay, Brad Tucker, sure, and Marshawn Lynch. Okay. I feel like it's a it's a perfect range of personalities and individuals that can give a lot to an Ocean's Eleven team. Sure. And kind of just, you know, come up with good plans of how you're going to... Because, like, reading this, I'm wondering, like, is this, like, heisty? Like, are we doing, yeah. like, a heist? Yeah. So it's not just, like, taking on some sort of sport thing. It is actually, like... I would assume. Ocean's Eleven. I would assume. Like, we're going to go how and, I like, pick this. do some sort of heist. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You Those gotta are... ha you gotta have some some women on that yeah of course on that highest team of course um, okay so for me yeah let's and, hear it. and I didn't think about this ahead of time because I am great at procrastinating things but okay so I'm gonna agree I'm gonna agree for sure with Marshawn Lynch mm -hmm. like I will take that all day because I love him sure I'm gonna throw in Allie Watt okay because her like fun personality and like yeah. dance moves and stuff yeah. She would be great for like distracting and engaging and like getting Out, information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's very outgoing, very friendly. Yes. I feel like she'd be able to like strike up a conversation and find out somebody's like pin pin code or something. Oh, you know for what I mean? sure. So I'm gonna throw her in there. Um, I think also gosh, I don't know. I feel like I wanna go with like a goaltender, like I don't know, like maybe Gru. Like I wanna throw like Gru in there. Okay. Because I'm gonna need some like like probably i mean depending what the heist is you know he can obviously he's very flexible apparently with the <laughs> splits like i don't know if that hurt or not it would hurt me so maybe um but i'd want to throw him in there mm -hmm. um to help me out with some things there what's that that's like three i don't know uh yeah i like brad tucker i could go with that his height would be very helpful his height he seems he's very pretty, charming he's very he, he has a great accent yeah which is nice um and so, yeah, I feel like that would be very helpful for some things. So that's, that's strong like four, legs. All those rugby players. All the rugby man, players have like, exceptionally strong legs. Like thighs. Thighs man, for days. I love it. Um, and then five. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like Brianna Stewart or something. Okay. Like throw her in there too to help out with some of that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like whatever heist I'm going to get involved in is going to have like tall ceilings apparently. But like... <laughs> You're also tall, so it makes sense I that am. you're thinking in that so way. So I'm thinking of like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, I like it. Thank you, Rick Judd. That was a that's a fun one. And I wonder what kind of heist we're all gonna get into. You never actually know. Um, moving over to Steve Olson, who sent in a question, and it says, Who is your favorite local sports announcer and national sports announcer? So I went first? with um Rick Riss. Okay. Covering the Seattle Mariners for the last 35 years. Oh, nice. Which yeah. now surpasses Dave Niehaus. Oh, geez. Not that that's Dave Niehaus's fall turn. Well, no, but, but I mean, it, that's... It's a long time. It's weird to think about it like that. Yeah. Wow. And then for my national sports announcer slash broadcaster is kind of how I thought about it. Yeah. was Erin Andrews. Just because yeah. she was the first She's woman... Great. For me, she was the first woman broadcaster announcer on, on a... On a um, on an NFL field that I really recognize, like 
recognize as being like, oh, there's a woman on the field talking about yeah. the sports. So for me, it's a very like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So um, Aaron Andrews. Also, the whole Richard Sherman, Aaron Andrews situation that went down. Um, please tell me that you know about that. I don't know if I do. Everybody, I have to show Kate a video I might after know. this podcast. I feel like it sounds familiar, but I just can't think of it. So, okay, I'll go get educated after this. Um, okay, so for me, I, for local, so again, hashtag learning sports, so I don't know all the things. But for local, I really love when we watch the Kraken games and Allison L is on there. Um, I just Allison L cause that's like her Twitter handle. So like, um, I'm sure she has a full last name, but in my brain, it's just L. So, um, but I really like her because she's really into like the data and the graphs and the analytics and everything of all that. And she's so, so, and so that's so like intelligent. super cool. So I love watching mm -hmm. that, um, national sports announcer. Okay. Um, I know who it's not Troy. Aikman. It's not Troy Aikman and Joy, but Joe Buck. Um, that's not them. But I was thinking, would Chris Berman count for this? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, back when I was in like junior high and stuff, and my brother would watch Sports Center. I think he was like oh, on yeah. Sports Center at the time when that was. And um it was great. So I don't know. I just I can just hear like his a, voice. It's, it's like, like a, stuck in it's your like head. a memory thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so I'm gonna go with that. Awesome. Thanks, Steve Olson. Um Tim from Puyallup. Okay, so I'm going to say this technically wasn't a mailbag question, but that we have I'm it in here anyway. mailbag question because Michaela, he did not send in a different one. Yeah, this we're just going to make sure question. he's included. We don't want to have him feel left out again. No, so the local wizard needed The local to come wizard back. is back, everyone. So according to Tim, he was kind of in a mood, but he visited the other night. And the local wizard gave Tim two VHS tapes, but said that he could only watch one of them. So they're labeled, one's labeled How the World Started, and the other one is labeled how the world ends. And so Tim asked us, which one would you watch? Now I answered this on Twitter already. I said that I would want to watch how the world started because I don't want to know how it ends because <laughs> we don't want to know. It's a, it's a lot. Like That's I don't a need, lot to I don't need to know. I mean, hopefully it ends way after I'm already gone, but I don't want to know. Yeah. I want to know how it started. Cause I feel like it would really help, um, answer a lot of questions that people have tried to, <laughs> to answer. Yeah. But who would even believe us? Nobody. Cause would the they'd tape self-destruct like, afterwards. Would it get like stuck? The local wizard probably ruined? made it. So yeah, you watch it once. There's no proof of it, but yeah. at least we would know. It's and then true. People could call us conspiracy theorists. That's fine. I've been called worse. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> oh, do I need to be somebody? Else? No, no, it's fine. I'm fine. Okay. Anyway. Well, that wraps up our mailbag segment. Oh, yeah, it does, huh? It does. That was it. And it takes us over to our closing podcast remarks. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to episode 23 of the podcast. Yes. This, this one for me, like, I haven't felt more, like, passionately engaged of what I had to, she like, talk about up. for this week because of all of the news that broke. Yeah. Um, so thank you for tuning in and listening and being patient as I processed all of that with, yeah. with you all. And Kate, where can they find us on social media? I mean, you know, technically we're over on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. Uh, I'd say Twitter the most, Instagram second most, but you know, we're over there trying to do things, making stuff happen, sharing the things. And you'll find different things on all of those uh, platforms facebook you probably won't find much, much on so it's kind of just there it exists it exists it's not very active i'm so not very active if on you're facebook. only a facebook person you sorry. need to either let us know and yeah. so i'm better about letting you know about things yeah hit us up or just let us know yeah just fill yeah. us in but um, we hope you all have a great week thank you so much for listening and tuning in and as always remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time.
You know what, Michaela? The PNW Showdown listeners are the best. Don't you agree? I do agree. We think that you all are so awesome. We hope that you have an amazing week, maybe filled with some sunshine. Yeah. I go for some rainbows. I think it's supposed to rain a lot this week. So maybe there's going to be rainbows. I hope so. I'm into that. What if I can't have practice this week with the girls because it's raining? They're not made of sugar. They will not melt. We're going to practice in the rain. That's right. That's right. We will not melt. We will get that practice in. All those things. We hope that you have a great time this week and be safe out there with all you do. And, you know, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, we love you. Especially all the way till the end. I know. It's weird if you're all the way at the end, but it's not. You're supposed to be true dedication. True dedication. Have a great week. Bye.